You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Today, I'm so excited to share one of my favorite decor brands with you, Jay Studio. Jay Studio is known for their colorful home accessories that come in the most beautiful hand-painted patterns. Join me as I interview Lanlin and learn about his family business. All right. Today, I am here with Lanlin of Jay Studio, a brand that I personally love. So I'm excited to talk to him and share more about Jay Studio. So why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Thanks, Patricia. Uh, my name is Lalan Shrikam. I am the second generation owner of Jay Studio. My, uh, my parents, uh, Jay and Cam, they actually started the business uh, years okay. ago. Um, and uh, we're based in, in, in Connecticut. Awesome. And, uh, yep. So take us back to the beginning. Tell us about what you were like as a kid, where you grew up, you know, what your hobbies were and interest. Um, and did you always have this interest in business, I guess? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, uh, let's see, I was born in, uh, in uh, Ahmedabad, India, uh, which okay. is actually the claim to fame to our city is where Gandhi actually ran his movement from that city. And that's oh. what it's most known for. Uh, the other claim to fame of where I was born is um, it was known as the Manchester of the East. And so it was a big, big textile hub. And I think that's uh, one of the main reasons uh, India is organically known for great fabrics and great prints and great mm-hmm. textiles, but uh, that's where a lot of the weaving happened. And I think that's where my love for textures and for fabrics really should or might've originated. That's where I, I feel that it began. Um, at the age of nine, my parents made a decision to move my sister and I both to Connecticut. And okay. um, uh, I went to a private school here till the age of nine. Then from here, from there, I went to a boarding school uh, called Pomfret in northeastern Connecticut. And then mm-hmm. from Pomfret, I went to Babson, which is a, a business school um, right outside of Boston. Yeah. Um, uh, I think entrepreneurship uh, is something that is uh, 100% in my blood. I really enjoy adding value to, 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 to things, to, to businesses, to people's lives, and, and, and really bringing products and, and kind of concepts and ideas to market. And I feel entrepreneurship's really given me that uh, channel to really express myself that way. Um, mm-hmm. Not always been successful doing it, but mm-hmm. it's been a wonderful education. And um, certainly I'm getting better at it as I, as I get older and more experienced. But um, my, uh, I come from a line of entrepreneurs. So my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father, we were all entrepreneurs. So Okay. You know, what's interesting is we I come from a like the option of not being an entrepreneur was never presented to me. Oh, so okay. I growing up, so I never realized I never pursued like a professional career or, you know, anything of that sort, because I always had to either get into the family business or start mm-hmm. a business. And that was like the one expectation that your parents had uh, okay. or that my father specifically had of me growing up. Um so yeah, I uh, that's kind of a nutshell of it. <laughs> no, that all it all kind of makes sense now, um, and I that must have been amazing growing up in India, surrounded by all those beautiful textiles. Um, and yeah. I can definitely see kind of the influence of that then in J Studio today. Yes, I actually um, 
my appreciation for uh, fabrics, uh, really fabrics, and pattern has really continues to evolve and get stronger as I get older. I keep buying these phenomenal books as I travel uh, on textiles, on patterns, um, and I kind of try to surround myself with them. Not that I actually go through them all the time, but it, it's just a great uh, way to sort of create that. I enjoy yeah. the environment. A great source of inspiration, even if you're just flipping through. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. So where um, where did you end up going to college? I know you mentioned it a little bit ago. And what did you study there? So I went to uh, to I went to Babson College. It's yep. right outside of, of Boston. It's uh, the number one specialty business school in the country. Um, I gave my dad, you know, when I was, um, so when I went to boarding school, I, or as a matter of fact, from the point that we moved to the United States, mm-hmm. um, every school that I went to, I was the first Indian there, even in Connecticut, it, we, okay. we come, uh, we live in a County called Fairfield County. Um, and we were the 11th Indian family here and it's a big County wow. today where pro- there's, you know, that, that, uh, uh, concentration of uh, any community is so much more dense uh, mm-hmm. that back in those days you were really uh, you know you were sort of paving the way and pioneering it and so everywhere I went um, I was there was a lot of curiosity that people had towards me and my culture or I was different you know and so yep. I had to constantly work to make friends and uh, really kind of carve my my niche out in 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 that social sort you know structure that whether boarding school or class or whatever had um, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, a lot of my friends getting out of, uh, high school, a lot of my friends were talking about, you know, taking a semester off or doing this, that, and the other, I have had the travel bug, um, uh, very early in life. And, uh, uh-huh. when I was 13, I traveled, uh, uh, to the Netherlands and, and traveled the whole country over a summer wow. backpacked and stuff with another friend. Um, and so I've been traveling for a long time and, um, uh-huh. I went to my father and I said, Hey dad, I want to, um, I want to take a year off after college. And my dad okay. said, listen, you have four years. I'm going to pay for four years and, uh, you do what you want in those four years. But at the end of the four years, you got to come to the, you got to, you got to work. There's no, okay. that's it. I'm done. Right. And so I actually, um, ended up, um, um, I did a, in, in, at boarding school, I did a, uh, 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 economics project where I started a business. I brought a collaboration. There's a, a product called DuPont Corian, which was a countertop. Uh, Corian countertops are yep. very prevalent in the United States. And I took that product and I actually, I spoke to the people at DuPont and I, I did a whole business plan of taking it to India. And back in those days, India, the borders were just opening. And um, it was really cool because um, I won the economics prize um, wow. at school for that. And so it, I was kind of a little, I was more engaged or more interested in business from day one. And mm-hmm. so by the time I got to college, um, I was able to uh, hammer through it pretty fast. And so I ended up taking a bigger course load than most people. And I, what I did is I finished college in two and a half years in entrepreneurship. Wow. And uh, okay. then I took a half a year and I did a program called Semester at Sea, which was really uh, uh one of the best investments i think my parents made in my education it really uh you were basically on a ship and you traveled globally around the world and to like 11 or 12 different countries and you really uh you learned as you had fun and it was really really wonderful so i came home and i i it was like a win-win negotiation with my dad where um you know he had me home he had me back a year earlier and and i uh i got to travel in the process um, on his dime, which was wonderful. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, um, or on, on my parents' time, not this yeah. time. But um, uh, so that uh, uh, that's kind of been my uh, thing. I, I try to be, uh, you know, you, you have to find solutions for what you want and you have mm-hmm. to. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's what I did at, at Babson. And, um, it's, it, that university, that college was really one of the best. Um, I was happiest there, um, because I was in my element. I really love business and, um, I just got to learn so much about finance and I love crunching numbers. I love data. Um, oh my gosh. That's so, funny. so it's, like, <laughs> it's so, it's the antichrist of like creativity, but exactly. I feel like everyone that I've interviewed it's the opposite they're like oh no the numbers like <laughs> yeah it's it's the it's really the um uh, it is an art actually if you can take data and, and figure things ways to do things from it so yeah I, I I I'm I'm actually very creative but um um I love data at the same time um, that's great that sounds like the perfect combination for being an entrepreneur honestly <laughs> yeah and um so yeah, that was that's what I did there in college. Very cool. So I guess talk to us a little bit about how Jay Studio got started. I know your parents started it. So what was their inspiration for it? Um, and was there a moment where they were working on Jay Studio and they're like, okay, we're onto something really great here? Um, tell us about that. Um, yeah. So this so early on my father actually was one of the first um exporters or importers of indian handicrafts into the united states back in the early late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. so you know we we today we can go to a home goods or we can go to any uh you know a lot of these phenomenal furniture stores even and find these great antiques or these great pieces from from india and my father was actually one of the first five people to bring them to this country, if not the first wow. three. So he was a pioneer in it. And what they used to do is they used to actually, uh, uh, initially it was just him, but uh, he used to go and, uh, you know, go to these rural towns and go to these craftsmen and find these products and, you know, figure out finishes to put on them. And then he would bring them to the U.S. and sell them. And that's how he began his career. He was trained professionally as a a chemical engineer, but he ended up becoming an entrepreneur uh, through basic um, desire to like, you know, make more money and and Mm -hmm. do that. So that was kind of cool. That's how it began, I think. And then in the, uh, in 1998 is really when J Studio began, uh, 1988, sorry. And uh, it coincided at, uh, uh, my parents loved antiques and they were, they would collect antiques throughout their life. And we have some incredible pieces that they've picked up um, all over Europe as well as India um, in our home uh, today. But um, they they started J Studio with handicrafts and then one day uh, and they would so they would bring these dowry boxes and these great jewelry boxes and sort of accent pieces uh, mm-hmm. from India to the United States and sell them that way. And back in those days, it was fundamentally a trade show driven industry in wholesale. And so they would do trade show after trade show after trade show and that's how they made a living. Um, okay. uh, in 1992, the story goes, they, uh, they were in, uh, I think it's it Notting Hill is what the, there's an antique district in London outside yeah. um, and they were shopping there. I actually, we have lots of vintage toll pieces and we have this actual piece in our home in India, but they were shopping there. My mother spotted this, uh, Scottish tartan plaid tub with a crest on it back from, um, the late 1800s. Oh, and, wow. um, 
uh, I think they bought it. Uh, it was fairly, you know, a few hundred pounds at the time. Um, and they bought it and she took it home with her and she said, you know what, what if we took this concept of hand painting and we put it on like urban fun prints mm -hmm. and we brought it to market. So, um, Back in India, there were these temple artisans. Uh, they're called Pichwai. Pichwai painting is the art of miniature painting uh, okay. on, uh, on, on motifs. So uh, it's kind of the same concept as doing a portrait, but you do it you know, in a much smaller way, much, smaller. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, much more detailed, and it takes a real skill set to do that. So these Pichwai art artisans would also do um, temple. Many of them also painted temples. So, you know, goddesses, gods, things like that, hand painted on marble and things like that. Now, these guys were, were great skilled artisans, but their skill set could only be leveraged to either doing Pichwai or to doing temple painting. So um, my parents really went to those, uh, that segment, those artists, and, and, and they had them paint they started with simple plaids and, and plaids, believe it or not, are not like a, a, a simple mattress might be okay. But when you get into Scottish plaids and things like that, it's very complicated to paint the Scottish plaid. There's like eight layers of paint on it okay. and lots of different things. So they kind of uh, started training um, these Pichway artisans to paint Jay's toll. And they initially, the, the first products they brought to market were these cash bows. And um, in, instantly, as they took them to trade shows and things like that, they started getting picked up by like Horchow, Neiman Marcus, you know, all mm -hmm. these great uh, Bergdorf's and all these great uh, stores um, uh, and designers wanted this product. And so uh, then people came up with the idea and said, why don't you do trays and why don't you do waste baskets? And that's how Jay's was organically. It really wow. came out of what the customer wanted, you know, and yeah. so um, my parents, uh, were first generation so language at times was an issue uh so they really depended on um a lot of their customers to uh help shape the nature of the product and it was really wonderful um i i see you know i work with a lot of second generation store owners today whose parents actually mm -hmm. work with my parents so you know like helen ballard for example uh the woman that started ballard design she knew yeah. my parents like when she started she like you know they started together from you know so there's oh lots gosh. of those stories throughout the landscape where jay's toll has become has been such a critical accessory to you know that that a lot of these stores had or catalogs or mail orders that's and so amazing yeah it's it was wonderful so when i started in 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 the business selling um i think it was at the beginning of uh, two, around 2000 2001 uh we my job was to sell and i um I, we, we used to sell about 28 different mail order catalogs. That was the big thing back then. There was no real internet shopping. So it was all mail okay. order. And we used to do everybody from Horchow to Sundance, Ballard's, uh, you know, you name it. And a lot of, um, that was mail order, but a lot of store owners would come in and say, you know, I remember working with your parents and um, I would just say, hey, uh, you know, give me that. Or I would just say, give me, I have $5,000 to spend. You figure it out and just ship it to me. You know my customer. And okay. it, it was that level of uh, trust that they had for each other, you know, that um, I think really built into um, the goodwill of the company. And, and, and that's how Jay's became Jay's. Um, and then um, I kind of uh, have been working in the business. Uh, you know, I, I was my sister and I both were uh, we grew up in the business uh, being okay. um, 
we never, you know, a lot of times in the summertime, our friends would go to Nantucket and spend the the, the summer, uh, uh, you know, at a, uh, working at an ice cream shop and then reading books or, or on the beach or whatever. We never had that option. We either had to fly to India and work in our factory um, okay. or we, um, in my case, my first job at, I think at 14 was um, I would take the train from Stamford, Connecticut to New York City. Back then we okay. had a... a Eight, eight or nine thousand square foot warehouse um, on Thirty Sixth Street between Fifth and Sixth Avenue, and you know, you literally, you could look outside your window and you'd see the Empire State Building. Oh but my they, goodness! They, they they would pay for my ticket, and I would go every day to work in the warehouse. I would pack boxes, prepare packing slips, and do all that. And then my pay was my ticket, my train ticket, and lunch. They would buy me lunch, so I could <laughs> eat at McDonald's, working whatever I wanted, and. Um, uh, so that was, uh, you know, you never got paid because you were investing in, you know, you were helping the family and, um, mm-hmm. that I would do that for a month and a half and then I would travel, uh, and for a little bit. And so, uh, that's how we sort of, um, uh, were raised, if you will. Yep. Uh, and, and, and that's what really gave us the connection to the business. You know, my sister and I have been doing packing slips, like since we were, you know, in our teenage years or we. We, we just understood all this. You, know, you understood we it from a, the inside out then. Yeah, from, we were yeah. always around it. And and you also uh, were sort of passive members of these conversations at times at trade shows and things where you could really understand um, the the reality of, of the store owner, the entrepreneur, you know, the customer, like what their problems are, what their needs are. And and you really uh, understood the fundamentally understood the business cycle and how it worked. Mm-hmm. So when it. when did you I guess join Jay's um, officially? I know then you have been working with the company you know since you were a kid, but when did you kind of take over then? Yeah, so um, I think our whole family is incredibly creative, um, mm-hmm. and and we are. Um, my mother is probably a better businesswoman to some degree uh than my father is and in my case Aditi my wife and I both run J Studio today and my my wife mm-hmm. is definitely and I don't know if it's better or worse but uh they're they're more grounded the women in our family are very strong they're very capable and mm-hmm. um so it's always been a team effort whether it was my mom and dad or my wife and I we were very very aligned um I am the dreamer as is my dad <laughs> and uh, um, uh, Aditi and my mom are the ones that keep it together. So if it really wasn't for them, we Jay's wouldn't be what it is today or it wouldn't truck along comfortably as it does, you know, financially and, and yeah. cash flow wise and all that. So um, I think my uh, to answer this. So um, growing up in a family uh, that was incredibly creative, um, we. Uh, there was an always conversation and appreciation for architecture, for art, for antiques, for, you know, even colors, just simple, like, look at how beautiful that looks or whatever. And um, uh, we, uh, I started sort of, I've been in it for a long time, but uh, officially I began working for it in 1998. I, um, I graduated college and um, I went straight to India and started working in our factories and with, you know, the finance people and, you know, the office. And and what I realized, what I learned really quickly at that time was that our people weren't as nice as, as, uh, as I thought they were. There was a lot of politics that were oh. there. And um, uh, the reason, uh, one of the biggest threats I think I provided for the team was my parents had built this business, uh, you know, with their, their team. 
mm-hmm. and their team actually had been around for a long time, but they saw me as a threat more than a uh, asset. More so initially, asset, yeah. I got to I got a real really good grounding very quickly um, in terms of uh, you know how to manage that, how to really motivate people, and and instead of becoming a threat, turn mm-hmm. into somebody that can um, really lead a team. Um, I remember very early on. Um, just me wanting the uh, wanting to build an organization where my people would be proud to work for us and be a part of the the evolution of the business, which was I you know at a, at a younger like in my teenage years I remember that and that was you know now looking back on it that was pretty cool that I could have that sort of desire if you will um, and I think a lot of it had to do with just having these grassroots um, uh, experiences and exposure to you know work uh, experience. So anyways, I started then, and then in 2001, believe it or not, was, was when, when I actually started working for, um, uh, no, 2000s when I started working and selling, and then 2002 January is really when I took over the business as okay. the president of the company. And um, in 1990, uh, in, in 2009 is when Aditi and I actually took it over financially and, and from my parents and, and really own it and run it today uh, okay. to what it is. Um, in the process, I also, we also, I, I started a brand called Malabar Bay, which mm-hmm. um, was a resort where uh, initially we started with beach cover-ups and then we segued the brand into pajamas and loungewear, which um, our customers really, what we've realized is they really come to us for the preppy, bright, fun uh, pajama set, you know? Um, uh, and, and so that's what we did. And then, um, that was one other sort of business that we started along the way. That's amazing. Um, It sounds like, you know, you have so much experience just from growing up around the business. And it sounds like your parents did a great job of, you know, letting you explore and letting you travel, but then also giving you, um, you know, the business acumen too. Yes, I think so. They have a lot to do with that for sure. Certainly. So how would you describe the brand J Studio to someone that hasn't heard of it before? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so we are, we're the purveyors or we're the manufacturers of, of hand-painted toll. And toll is a very, very uh, old, um, uh, traditional form of gift giving, which originated in, uh, in, Fran- in, in, in Europe, but in France and in England more specifically. And in the, in, in the olden days, people used to, the aristocracy or the, the better off people would visit with each other either for you know a week or a weekend or whatever and they would go hunting and they would go shooting and they would do other things um so the person that was going to visit with um uh you know another person they would either take a piece of toll or or the person that uh that was hosting the guest would actually gift it back to the guests and it would commemorate um what they did together so there would be a hunting scene or there would be a, a, a you know old 12 prints have dancing and you know mm-hmm. so depending on what uh the the real event of the um the the, the trip was is what would be represented and then and, and given as a gift and um and then that piece would would reside in your home for you know years if not you know be handed down as an heirloom so um jay's really takes toll we are uh we take the concept of toll and 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 we we definitely make the most toll pieces out of anybody I know of in yep. the world. Uh, so the number of units produced, we produce more than anybody else. But 
we do toll uh, in a very affordable way, um, in a, a in a very uh, with happy, fun, preppy, um, urban sort of prints that are you know so that we can bring them into the contemporary homes or the more uh, current homes of today. So um, Jay's takes toll and I think uh, makes it more affordable and and uh, um, makes it more relevant in terms of patterns and things to um, today's Certainly. interiors, if you will. I don't and know so if that answered the question or not. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, so today is it still all hand-painted, all your trays and everything? Yeah, so every... Um, so if, if, if you followed Jay Studio um, over the last 20 years, um, we've really evolved a lot. And I think the accelerator has really been pressed over the last five years. Um, I really, we're really trying to uh, push the envelope mm-hmm. at every front. We have re-engineered the entire business with the exception of the core of what it is, which is, you know, where the hand, uh, we do toll and we, we manufacture yeah. toll. Every single piece we make is handmade. Uh, every single piece has a human uh, um, craftsman that has touched it and that has put their imprint on it um, for over 60% of what that piece is in making over 60% of that piece. So um, yeah, it's very personalized. It's very uh, individual and it's very artistic. Mm -hmm. Um, We are doing many, many other products today than we did five years ago. So we're really trying to evolve the brand to become more of a to continue to have the toll piece to it, but to become more of a lifestyle brand and to, you know, or maybe really become a decorative accessory and giftable brand. And um, so by that, I mean, um, we're doing a lot of barware today. Uh, our products, you know, we just introduced literally a week ago, uh, we got our shipment in for um, lead-free food safe swizzle sticks, right? So these swizzle sticks, you can yeah. use them for your drinks and things like that. And they're totally fine. So we're, we're, you know, to, to take toll and to take what we do and to really make it um, usable in a practical and daily setting is really uh, what we do today that we didn't do yesterday. Um, we, uh, but still everything remains handmade. Um, yeah, so every piece is really hand-painted and handmade in, uh, to more than 60%. Some pieces even more than that, obviously, if they're, you know, if there's a big all-over print or something mm-hmm. like that. I love that. And I think that's really what makes you guys so unique. I feel like a lot of companies can't say that in today's world. Um, But besides that, what else do you think makes your product so special? I mean, what are your customers saying or what are some of the stores that sell your product? What what do they say that why they love Jay's studio? Um, I think we uh, we're constantly changing. Uh, Mm -hmm. We every season we come up with, I think, about 40 to 60 percent of um, uh, 40 to 60 percent new, uh, depending on the season. Um, so there's a lot of freshness in the product. I think one of our goals, again, is to have a great product that is a great value. But you can actually buy a Jay's cash flow for every season or even every month of the year, and you could change out your room with a little bit of happiness, a little bit of that brightness that the cash flow comes with. Um, it's special because. Really, there's nothing, you know, when you when you decorate a home or when you give a gift, there's nothing like it out there. Yeah. And there's certainly nothing like it at the at, at, at the price point that we do it at. So mm-hmm. um, customers, uh, one of my goals has been to become a, a more important part of um, uh, not only a customer's lives, but to really for individual store owners, I want to be an important part of their um, uh, revenue. Right. So um 
our product does sell very well and there's a lot of repeat customers and um and i we constantly hear um from our stores and, and and this is you know i hear it all the time and i know other members of our team do too uh and people literally come to us and say thank you for making it so easy to do business with me and oh, that's amazing. Um, that's really nice and you know i think fundamentally uh one of the values that we've always had from day one is we're very customer centric um i have never given you know customers will often ask hey, what should I buy? Or what are your best sellers? And I never answer that question straight off. I always ask them, hey, um, you know, what sort of customer do you have? What's your yeah. magic price point? What's... So the whole concept here is to create, a, to curate a relationship that is beneficial for everyone. I never try to push product that I have in inventory uh, and sell that first. I always try to understand what the customer wants and then help them make the best decision for themselves. Um, so I think customers always been most important and that mm -hmm. service has always come through number one, number two, um, uh, freshness, uh, certainly has a lot to do with it. Um, and then, uh, lastly, I think we, we, you know, we were one of the first to have a website. We, if you order from us, uh, our product really ships very fast. Um, uh, and uh, to the extent where if you order before 12 o'clock, nine out of 10 times, your product will ship the same day. Um, so we, we constantly are evolving and improving the systems that make it easier for us to, to do for our customers to, you know, to really give them better service and to make it easy for them to shop us. And um, mm -hmm. so, you know, in addition to the uniqueness of the product um, and the handmadeness of the product, the fun patterns, um, it's, it's the other, you know, what, we are we are really we aim to be a very um uh relevant part of our customers lives and to make it easy for them to work with us and to grow with us and it sounds like that kind of started your parents were even doing that when we talked back about your parents founding the company you mentioned that it was kind of driven by the customers needs and wants um of the patterns and all so i think that's so important that still today you're listening to the customers and working with them yeah absolutely i think that's a that's a value that's transcended both uh, both generations, and um, we love our customers. I have to say, um, I, I one of the, my favorite things about uh, my job is to really have is to talk to my customers. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot you learn. There's a lot you can um, do from the standpoint of um, you know helping them and also partnering with them. But the the most important thing is there's this huge human element to this job, uh, this this role, and this brand. Um, everything we do is, you know, we're not selling oil. We're selling, uh, we're selling beautiful art and decorative accessories. So everything we do is is very personalized and it's uh, very human, which I love. Certainly. So, what's been some of your greatest successes in the business? Do you think? Uh, so, as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of things that are good. Um, I think. The, it's pretty easy to answer that question. The team, you know, our our, yeah. uh, our team is my biggest success. I think we have a phenomenal organization. Uh, uh, we're not a huge company by any means, but, you know, we have our own factory where we have about 70 people uh, there. Out of the 70, I think we have 18 head painters right now, 17 head painters. Okay. Um, uh, it, so it starts from, from, from each of those painters and their supporting staff um, a lot of the people that have worked in our factory um, have been with us, 
you know, for 20 years plus. Um, many of them have their children or their other members of their family also working for us. Um, and they really depend on us. And, and, and it's, it's become their livelihood, right, for so many years. So, um, but the great, so it starts with them. And then here in the, the U.S., we've got a, a fantastic group of uh, people that I really lean on to run the day-to-day of the company. Um, they are incredibly, we're, first of all, I'm the, we're totally women-run. Um, okay. uh, which is, you know, it's, it's great. Um, uh, mm-hmm. women are, are incredible multitaskers. They're also very empathetic and, um, and, uh, uh, uh they're great. So, uh, uh, we have, you know, somebody's in charge of operations, somebody's in charge of customer service. Uh, we have a vice president, we have, uh, our director of finance, that's Aditi, that's my wife. Um, we uh, uh, so I think our team is my my biggest success um, in this whole process, and then that translates into when you hand paint, you know, over a hundred thousand pieces a year. Um, if your team isn't motivated, if your team really isn't vested and doesn't understand uh, what the importance of being consistent or what we're trying to do for the consumer, you wouldn't have. You know, we can produce a thousand uh, or five hundred pieces of a cash flow. And the plaids are very consistent, you know, the stripes mm-hmm. are consistent. So that sort of detail is is so important to what we do at Jay is that um, if the people making the product don't aren't engaged and don't feel happy, I don't think they can do it. That That's a very good point. Um, so what has been some of the biggest challenges then? <laughs> so <laughs> there's so many challenges, right? If you ask any entrepreneur or business owner, the I mean, business is a challenge. So um, yeah. let me prioritize. I think um, I think the there's that's a twofold answer. So one okay. is um, the market keeps changing, right? So mm-hmm. my role, um, uh, my role has been to to uh, to to keep up with the market, to to figure out what the next steps are, and uh, where the market's going to go, how the customers going to need us to be there for them. So. Um, I'll give you some examples of how we've done that along the way. And then um, uh, then there's the, the other side of it, which comes up, which I'll talk about later. But so, for example, in 2009, we were right out of the, the, the 2008 recession and we were trying to build out of it. And um, a lot of our stores, uh, you know, were had either gone away or were, were looking to build forward, but they needed help. And um, so we did, the first thing we did is we also didn't have a lot of money then and we were running into lots of difficulties at that time. And having our own factory, we had a lot of overheads that maybe our, you know, other people in the industry didn't. So what I did is I actually made, we built our own website from scratch at home, like okay. by myself. And um, wow. I went to Apple and uh, I, I, I went to one of their sessions and I learned a software called iWeb. We already mm-hmm. had a functioning site, but that site was for custom product. So we scrapped that site and we uploaded the static site. And what we did is every day we would, we had all this stock because so many stores didn't take their orders and, mm-hmm. you know, there was all this stuff. So we would take photos of that product and we'd manually upload the quantity every morning. Oh my and then gosh. people would call us and they would, and we, we, we uh, would order that product and then we would, you know, change the quantity the next day. And a lot of the product we would give, you know, if it was repeat customer or whatever, we would do discounts and different promotions. But what that did is that in 2009, we added almost 350 new stores to our roster because it really gave the stores an opportunity to buy um, our product at a, at a better value so that they could make the same margin. 
So as an example of, you know, challenges, uh, that was, you know, just being able to call what the market needs and, excuse me, to figure out what the market needs was really mm-hmm. important. Um, uh, number two, like, I also, there was a whole flash model that uh, came out of that recession in 2009, 2010. So companies like One Kings Lane um, uh, were born from that. And yeah. um, uh, Susan Feldman, who's the founder of One Kings Lane, um, actually, uh, I remember she came to us, uh, to our showroom in Atlanta at the gift show, and she sat, at, we used to have a big bar there, and um, I love to host people, and, and you know, so we had a big bar there, and um, she came and sat there with her uh, head uh, VP of merchandising, Amy, at that time, and um, she said, listen, you know, uh, I'm not leaving until you give me your product, and, um, you know, back in those days, uh, internet was an important thing, but uh, nobody really did it. You know, if, if somebody had an online business, you're like, yeah, okay, but give me an order for, you know, mm-hmm. rather than I'm not going to drop ship one piece at a time. Um, in any case, so I was able to see that flash, uh, uh, the future of flash, I guess, with that, that, that piece of uh, that channel developing before anybody else. So we were really one of the first people to, to, to get onto the flash, um, you know, get on these flash, flash sites. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, one Kings Lane. So Susan came in. She said, how many pieces do you have in your inventory? And I said, you know, 1,400. And she said, okay, give me all of them. And they actually mm-hmm. drove to our warehouse in New York in her Prius. They picked up the pieces. Uh, I don't know if it was her own car or what, but they drove to our warehouse, but they picked up the pieces. They they did the photography. Wow. And then they returned the pieces. And the first hour the product sold, um, like sold out. It, it, it oh, not even in the first hour. In the first, I think the first six minutes, we started seeing a lot of out of stocks. And initially, I thought, you know what, this is a, a scam, right? Like uh, uh-huh. doing that to create demand. But I think within 20 minutes, we got a call from Amy saying, "Hey, um, your sales doing really well. You have more pieces." And I said, "Wait, what do you mean?" And she said, "We've, we're, you know, we've sold like 800 out of the 1,400 pieces." Or wow. so. Um, you know that 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 channel or that that whole thing really gave us a, a big runway to mm-hmm. grow, um, and it made it easy to uh, our focus all of a sudden began became to make product rather than to, you know, go the other way uh, to to constantly just worry about selling, um, and that helped us kind of scale the business. And what was great was um, Malabar Bay at the time was doing pajamas, and our pajamas just hit it, hit it off. Like people wanted them. And people were buying them like there was no tomorrow. And yeah. um, um, that business really took off. And so we rode that way for a while. Um, in 2015, um, I, Aditi and I just made a decision that we we really wanted to, to have this brand turn into um, a, a brand that, you know, really had a place in, um, in, in, in the industry. And we wanted it to be known for toll we want to i always say i want to become the cartier of toll and i i um that's really my my thing over especially you know i, I want to build a great product that um that resonates with people that people really look to as a um a, not only a gift but maybe uh, more of a heirloom sort of a thing um mm-hmm. there's a, a few incidents where we were you know one was in atlanta one was um, in dallas texas and another one was uh, in the Carolinas and in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, but um, where we were invited to people's homes and um, they're either serving on our piece or, um, uh, you know, and, and 
you're there and all of a sudden you see this piece and you just kind of glance over it because you're like, oh, that's my tree. And then you realize, wait, but this is not my house, right? So yeah. um, uh, it, it's, it's great to uh, see it being used, see it being given as uh, gifts. And, you know, now we have napkin rings, napkins, these stars, these fantastic frames. We're doing so many lamps. We're doing so many things that we didn't do before so that, you know, it can really be included in so many um parts of people's lives whether it's entertaining or uh you know uh things like that uh one incident that i want to actually bring up to you today was uh, we were at um we were invited for dinner um uh at this gentleman's house in dallas texas he was an a buyer an ex-buyer for horcho neiman marcus and mm-hmm. he was a personal friend and he'd invited us to his home and he actually uh after the meal uh he actually brought out an old told piece that my parents had done a cash book and it was one of the first ones and he said do you remember this piece and and I did remember it but not you know vividly but it was so beautiful and he said you know um this is one of the best pieces you guys ever made and and he just talked about it and um it really gave me it, it 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 was an aha moment for me at that time that this really can be something that is um uh, special in terms of people's, you know, how people have China, people have yep. um, sort of hand-me-downs or heirlooms. Um, this could be something that could be that special if we just, you know, do it correctly and, you know, pa- you know, package it and just do it right. So we keep pushing um, every season uh, for better quality, for better pr- patterns, for better execution. Our newest thing is really packaging. We're really, um, if you look at our new frames, um, they're, they come in this beautiful gift box sort of package. And um, it's it's really how we want to now enhance the way we um, we present J's to our customers and then their customers at the end. They're really becoming, you know, quality pieces that you could pass down for generations um, yeah. and kind of create your own little J's collection, I feel like. Yeah. And so the challenge was, uh, you know, just calling the, I think, that's my role is to figure out, you know, to stay current and figure out what the next steps are from a customer facing stand. The other challenge is really because it's handmade, uh, maintaining the consistency and improving the consistency of the quality uh, mm-hmm. of the product. Um, one of the newer things we've done are these cast motifs or emblems that we put onto our pieces. And um, each one of those emblems is either, a, it's a very classic emblem. So it'll be a pineapple. I'm actually looking at a pineapple and then in a, in a, in a B photo frame right here in my office. And um, uh, that has really been um, a big next, a good next step for us where mm-hmm. it, not everything is patterned. There's also an element of uh, uh, just these motifs that we are able to put on. So it's been I good. love that. So where does the inspiration come from? Like when you create a new collection or a new design, where are you getting that inspiration? Like from books or from your travels or, you know, from just being out in the world and finding a need for something? Um, I think it's all of the above. I, um, I definitely have a vision for um, the brand and what we do. And um, somebody that uh, really inspires me and has inspired me from a very young age is, is Ralph Lauren. Um, I really like Ralph's, uh, uh, curation of product, execution of product, and style, right? So it's very classic. It's very um, uh, long-term. 
and it's it's very established and i really really like that um i'm a big big fan of architects um i love uh you know uh i am pay frank gary um and then i love you know so i love individual architects and how they speak through their art or their work but then there's uh wonderful styles of architecture so there's colonial there's you know uh, uh art deco there's um you know there's this uh, new england country or new england cottage um so there's all these uh i'm really inspired by architecture i think that's really uh a channel um but also uh i like to um i don't do it all i can't do it all the time but i enjoy going uh going in new england where we live uh there's lots of little hamlets and villages so you can actually drive through and each one of them has antique stores and you can literally just park and walk through these antique stores and just meditate like just be there and really yeah. get inspired by it and um i find that the touch and the feel and that visual stimulation really creates a lot of it really forms the the direction a lot uh for where i want to go and where we want to go as a business mm-hmm. um uh we we do go to you know we, when we get an opportunity or when we can we try to go to Europe uh, specifically Paris or or London and and the outskirts of London and really shop uh the the antique districts or the neighborhoods because there's a lot there that we don't get here in the US. Um yeah. lately what we've I also am a big um believer in teamwork and in synergy and I think there's tremendous talent um um out there uh in the marketplace whether it's instagram design in influencers or their designers and other people um so our latest collaboration uh was with Paige Gemmel uh, just recently and we're still collaborating with her uh as we go forward um uh, so we are going to uh we've been bringing on board for specific collections different different designers um uh that have a great aesthetic that marries well with what we do and that's really helping us sort of uh maybe know, grow uh, and reach new yeah. customers. I feel like that page one sold out really quickly. Yeah, she's she's amazing. <laughs> she's incredibly talented. She's really fun to talk to and and a, a great she's very creative. So it, it's I I really enjoy that. Um uh it's really helping me sort of take my uh uh creative energy to a next level too because these guys are far far more creative than i am at times you know and, and they're they're so good and it's nice to be able to partner with them to to put their stuff on toll or oh, even pajama at times yeah so what's one piece of advice you would share with other entrepreneurs or um maybe people thinking about taking the leap and becoming an entrepreneur so um i think entrepreneur is going to be very very necessary um over the last decade or two um uh I read somewhere years ago that the average entrepreneur uh, average person has to be an entrepreneur for 6 years of their life. Okay. And that has changed to 11 years today over the last okay. decade. And the reason is, you know, you you lose your job and you have to get a new job. So there's a, mm-hmm. a, a period in between or you're retooling or for whatever a variety of different reasons you aren't employed and hence you have to figure out how to be employed, right? So that's uh that's the act of entrepreneurship or or survival if you will. So I think um entrepreneurship is something that uh everyone should embrace in one way or form. Um but I think in life um uh you you have to love what you do. So if you're going to start a business or if you're going to sell a service, make sure it's something you enjoy and you can talk about it and you can really live in it. 
Um, the other thing is uh, always try to, um, uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. You can sometimes just do it better than somebody mm-hmm. else. So um, don't don't make it harder than it is um, because oftentimes we tend to do that also. But I think the most important thing is you really just have to figure out what you love. And if it takes a little longer to do that, um, that's okay. And um, um, I really figured out what I love at like 38 or 39 or maybe even 40. So, um, and, and that's this, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I think that's, that would be my advice. It definitely helps when you love what you do. I agree with that for sure. Um, so since this is the Preppy podcast, what does Preppy mean to you? Oh, um, preppy is, uh, to me, it's classic, um, mm-hmm. preppy and preppy. We do, we do preppy, uh, in a, in a very, uh, um, it's colorful, it's happy, it's classic, it's timeless. Um, it's traditional and yet it can be fun and, and, and forward too. So I think preppy is, is an aesthetic and it's a, it's a, um, it's a style of, uh, of, of living that is uh, not always in your face, but it's really, it transcends a phase or a moment. It's really classic. That's yeah. a great answer. So what's a favorite piece of yours right now in the J studio um, collection? Um, or maybe I have a lots. bestseller. <laughs> I have lots. So I'm flanked on both my left and my right by a beautiful tone lamp that we did. And I love these lamps. Um, they're both taupe and white. I'm looking at them right now. They're, there's a chinoiserie painted on them. And um, so I, I have lots of famous, uh, not famous, uh, favorites, but um, I think if I had to pick one, um, I love these lamps um, that we do, but it's our photo frames. I love our photo frames. And um, uh, it's really a, one of my favorite pieces. So I love the things. frames are really nice. The quality of them, they have like a, a heaviness to them that makes them really special and quality pieces, I feel like. Yes, I definitely agree. And, um, so yeah. who would be like your dream collaboration or dream person to have J Studio in their home or maybe wear the pajamas? Who would be your dream customer? And it could be someone dead or alive even. So you could say like Princess Diana if you wanted. <laughs> um. Well, Ralph Lauren, certainly. And, and I know okay. our pieces are in his home. Our oh. pieces are, yep. And I know that they're in um, Tommy Hilfiger's home as well. Oh, um, my gosh. But uh, um, let's see. I'm thinking one minute. Yeah, so I think, uh, uh, I think he would be uh, somebody that I would really um, want to have our pieces. There's a gentleman. His name's John, um, John Rosselli, I think. And... Um, uh, he uh, was a designer um, that I used to shop uh, in the D&D building in Manhattan uh, mm-hmm. years ago. And um, just such great curation, such great, what an eye. I, I used to love his, his uh, showroom there. And, and, and he's somebody that um, I would really like to connect with and, and, and see, uh, have more, uh, you know, have, have the Jay's pieces in his, um, uh, his, his kind of, home or his you know part of his collection mm-hmm. no that's amazing i can't believe that they that um ralph lauren has some in his home that's has to be yeah, huge that, for you <laughs> it was it was uh i mean this was years ago i don't you know uh, but it was it was nice to to have somebody like that want our 
our item, you know, our pieces there. Definitely. So what's next for Jay Studio? Um, you know, I can't, I don't want to give away our secrets, but, uh, <laughs> and I was, I was told specifically that, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so look, I, I, I think, um, we want to make Jay's, uh, it is our goal to become a bigger part of, uh, our customers everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to beautify their homes. We want to beautify the way they entertain. We want to beautify, we want to beautify the way they lounge. Um, my whole family, our family loves to lounge. So we, our pajamas, you know, uh, we're really an inspiration for that sort of way of life. <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, uh, and then we love to entertain. So um, yeah. I want to build, uh, we want to build pieces that can be used um, in day-to-day life, not just as decorative pieces that are on a, a mantle or on a, on a table, but we want to really become a part of your day-to-day life. We want to beautify that piece. So that's really, you know, in a broad sense, that's the, the you're going to see more of that coming more out of that. Studio. Um, I really uh, uh, resonate with and connect with a lot of the Indian uh, art and patterns. So French country, I don't know if you know, was born in Rajasthan, India. The French. Oh, I did not. Yeah. So um, uh, Rajasthan is where all the palaces and uh, things are. And, and, and that's where French country actually originated and was wow. taken to France. And then the Madras plaids, um, I don't, I'm sure you know about those. And so those yeah, are from, from South India. And yeah. um, they were actually just plaids that were, uh, you know, they're very inexpensive. They were day-to-day use, but they were beautiful colors. And um, so I, I really see a lot of, um, I'm excited about the opportunity to use more of that sort of, uh, uh, those patterns and things and bring them to life at Jay's on the tone or on the pajamas. Um, I think that's really, uh, those are the two things. And then I want to experiment. We, you know, we tried, we've, we've done lamps, we've done quilts, we've done, um, uh, now we're doing, you know, this barware stuff. Um, we want to try to do more, it may be bedding, it may be something else. We want to do more products, even if they're for limited runs, just to, um, sort of uh, splash, have a splash into those categories. So you'll see a lot of, um, that coming out of us. We're constantly evolving and and I have ideas every day, which 90% get mixed, but, um, um, (laughs) you know, uh, there's a whole team that makes a decision here, but, uh, um, it's nice to be able to you know, again, push the envelope and try new things. I love that. I love what you said that you, you know, you want to make everything beautiful. You want to help people with their living every day and make it beautiful. I think that's really great. Um, so last question, where can people find J studio? Let us know your website, your social media, all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll find us on Instagram. It's J studio. Um, you'll find us on Facebook. Uh, jstudio.com is, um, is a, is a very, very, uh, uh, it's it's a good site. It's very easy to shop, um, and that's really your go-to place. But if you're looking for updates and just to be current with what we're doing, all the new promotions or new designers that are coming on or new products, Instagram is really where it's at uh, for us. Um, that's where you'll find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you are welcome. I do want to say thanks, uh, Patricia. I really, you know, um, enjoyed our partnership through uh you know for a while now and i think you're doing some great things uh with helping uh brands like ours really get the word out and and uh um, get to be better known and i think this podcast is a great idea and and thank you for giving me this opportunity for sure thank you so much for listening to the preppy podcast i hope this put a little prep in your step for the day 
please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the preppy podcast on social media. Thank you.